0: Thanks for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. All right. Ton of fun, ton of fun. <laughs> well, my name is, uh, is Quantel, and um, thank you so much for, for having me here today. I believe God has something that he wants to um, speak to all of us today, not, not just our youth, not just our kids, um, but adults, don't tune me out because I believe that kids are an example of how we should be as Christians. And Jesus actually references this in Matthew chapter 18. I think we have it on the screen. It says, Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like this little child, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes humble, as humble as this little child, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. And when Jesus references this in Matthew, I can only think of my little girls and some of the characteristics that they possess, some of the things that that they actually um, display on a daily basis. And I think Jesus, he's referencing Um, some of those characteristics. Um, Children, when you look at children, they are willing. Children are willing to do whatever you ask them to do, most of the time. Um, As they get older, that that begins to change, but when you think of a little child, I I think of Jordan, who's um, my daughter. I have two girls, a four-year-old and a uh, one-year-old. Mackenzie just turned one yesterday. Um, And it's an adventure. Raising two little girls. But when I look at Jordan, I look at her and how willing she is to help. She wants to help with everything. Alicia and I thought that she was going to be jealous of Mackenzie when she came along, but she wasn't. She wanted to help. She wanted to be a great big sister. And when you talk about being a Christian, I believe that God wants us to be the same way. He wants us to be willing to do whatever he asks us to do. No matter how hard it is, no matter where we are in life, no matter what's going on, we have to be willing just like a child. I think that's what Jesus is referencing. Children are also very, very teachable. And I think as Christians, in order for us to be used by God in the way that he wants to use us, we've got to remain teachable. Because as we get older, the less teachable we become. We start to think that we've got this thing figured out and we've learned all that we can learn. But I believe that Children are the example. They're always wanting to learn, and they're like sponges, and they begin to soak up everything that, that is being taught and presented to them. And I think that as Christians, that's something that's very important for me and for us. Children also, when they're first born, they are dependent. I think the children are completely dependent on their parents, especially when they're first born. Mackenzie, we had to feed her. We had to Change her diaper, and Jordan, our first daughter, I I didn't know what in the world I was doing. But um, I began to realize that this young baby was dependent on me for everything. She couldn't even hold her head up. And I began to realize that um, my life was in, her life was in my hands. And God wants that same thing from us. He wants us to be completely dependent on him and to go to him for everything. And I think that that's very important in our walk with Jesus Christ. So children are the example. They are the item that God uses. They're the group that God uses and he puts on display for all of Christianity. And us, if we're to have a great relationship with God, I believe we must become like these children. So I'm asking you today, parents, adults, I'm asking you to um, not tune me out, but become like children and open up your your hearts and your ears today as I speak to the children, um, because I believe God is going to speak to all of us today. Amen. So let's, let's pray and let's just welcome God into this place and ask him to come and speak to all of us. Would you join me? Amen. Jesus, we thank you so much for how much you love us. And we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to love on our kids and to support our kids and just encourage them and pour into their lives. God, we know that you have great things in store for the kids Here at RT, you have a plan and a purpose for each and every one of their lives. God, we pray for the kids here. We pray that they would recognize that purpose early on in life and that they would follow your plan for their life, forsaking their own dreams and aspirations for your plans because we know that if we serve you and we live for you, then the rest of our lives will be blessed. And not only this life, but all of eternity, God, we will spend all of eternity in heaven with you forever. God, I pray that the kids here would realize that, that they would grab a hold of that, and they would grab a hold of you and never let go. Would you come and would you speak to each and every one of us in a personal way today? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Devin. I didn't get the chance, but uh, we have a great pastor here at RT. Um, he's amazing. I, I continually thank him because he said that um, we met here, Power Company Kids Club, we met here a couple weeks ago, and we ha- held the program over in the gym, and I called him because the place that we're meeting at over on the west side, they, uh, they had an event going that day. And so um, I called Pastor Devin and asked him if we could hold Power Company here, and he, he opened the doors without hesitation, and uh, so thank you for that, but I'm even more grateful for yesterday. Because we had power company yesterday, and the church that we were meeting at actually had a funeral. And they said they were going to be out by 12 o'clock. Mind you, this is a black church. Um, so <laughs> I took them at their word. And 1 o'clock rolled around, and they were still there. 1.15, they were still there. And so I'm wondering, he said 2 o'clock. They probably still were there at 2 o'clock. Um, I'm wondering what we're going to do. I'm wondering how we're going to... Um, have power company and we couldn't cancel because the kids were waiting on us they were excited to come um, so I got on the phone with with Pastor Devin and I said I know it's last minute but do you think you could open the gym one more time for us and he said absolutely and he literally at probably 1:15, and our program was supposed to start at 2:30. he opened the doors and invited us in and we came and, and had a great great time so thank you thank you very much for that it's, it's great to be here and to be a part of a church that has such a focus and an emphasis on our children because children are very, very important. And I hear people say all the time that children are our future, and I agree with that, but only to a certain extent. I believe that children are not only our future, but they are a culmination of our past, our present, and our future. And the reason I say that is because we, when I look at my child, I begin to think about my childhood and the things that are important to me and the things that have affected my life and the things that I want to instill into my child, my children. And so when I look at them, um, I'm reminded of my past and all the things that God has done in my life and all the things that he's wanting to do. I believe children are present because they demand so much of our time. They demand um, everything that we can give as parents. And we must invest our lives, ourselves, everything we have into our children right now because we live in a very, very tumultuous time And uh, we really don't know what tomorrow holds. So we must take advantage of the present and just pour our lives into our children and instill God into them and begin to lead them in a godly relationship. And that's so very important. And the future speaks for itself. We don't know where our country is heading. We don't know what the future holds. But in order for the kingdom of God to be advanced, in order for us to move forward and the kingdom to flourish, I believe that we got to do an adequate job in preparing them for the future. So that's why I believe that children are so very important um, and it's great to be here and see that you have that same sentiment. So um, I I believe God has something important that he wants to share with us today. And in order for for that to happen, I believe that um, I've got to take you back to kind of my story and where it all started. Um, I started off coming to Power Company when I was in the fourth grade. And when I started to attend, my life was already headed down the wrong path. Believe it or not, in fourth grade, I was getting into a lot of trouble. I was uh, kicked out of school for my whole fourth grade year for bringing a knife to school. And there were, um, you know, there was someone at school that was messing with my little brother, and uh, and so that wasn't going to happen. So I brought a knife to school to defend him, and I was expelled. And when I got back in school in the, the fifth grade, I was in and out for fighting, and I have five brothers and sisters, and all six of us stayed with my grandmother. And at the time, um, we stayed with her because my mother had all these kids, but, but was not able to take care of us financially, or she wasn't um, able to take care of us from a responsibility standpoint because she was very, very young. And so my grandmother, who loved Jesus, she just passed away a couple years ago, but she took all six of, of us in, and she loved on us, and she drug us to church every single Sunday, um, but that really didn't seem to have a profound impact on my life. And the reason was because they didn't have a kids' ministry at church. And I believe that kids' ministry is very, very important. That's, that's all I do is kids' ministry. And the pastor, we would have to sit in on the service. And the pastor, he would begin to preach and speak to us. And um, it just went kind of right over my head. And I really didn't get what was going on. And my life started to take a detour and go down the, the wrong path. And um, until one day, there was uh, a white gentleman out canvassing in the neighborhood. And in Pontiac, in the hood, if you see a white guy, that's not good news. He was, he was one of two things. Either he was a police officer, or he was a Jehovah's Witness. And so thank God he was neither um, at the time. Um, he, he was from Power Company. His name was Tim Warner. Some of you may know Tim. He worked at Power Company for a number of years, and he was just out knocking on doors, canvassing, inviting families to come to Power Company, and he talked to my grandmother. And he explained what Power Company was, and he began to explain that it was an opportunity for children to begin to experience the love of God and to invite Jesus into their heart at a very early age. And right then, to a 9, 10-year-old boy, I was immediately turned off because I had my experience with church and I began to realize that um, or think that this was just like church and I didn't want to have anything to do with it. But my grandmother, she made me go and she thought this was an opportunity for me to um, change the trajectory of my life. And I'm glad she made me go. And the reason that I'm glad is I'm gonna be honest. The only reason I was glad she made me go is because when I got there, there was a bunch of candy and there was a bunch of games and I loved candy and games and it it was it was great I loved it and I attended power company every single Saturday and um you can't be at power company long without sensing the love of God and the individual individuals there they begin to just pour into my life and take me under their wings and um I became a junior worker, which is a program that we have for young people that um, want to continue on in the program, in the ministry. And from sixth grade all the way up through high school, I worked alongside Dan, who was a golly example to me, and he poured into my life. Now he's over in Africa, started a power company over there. But um, I just thank God for um, power company and Dan just pouring into my life. And when I actually... Um, gave my life to God, my life began to tr- be transformed, and my future was transformed forever. And by the time I graduated from high school and went on to college, um, I received a full-ride scholarship. I, I went from a kid who could barely stay in school to receiving a full-ride scholarship to any university <laughs> in, in Michigan. And this, this, listen to me good, this was a very, very pivotal point in my life. I had a huge, huge decision to make. And the rest of my life would rest upon this decision right here. My family, we didn't have much. We didn't grow up with much. We didn't have much money. Um, there were about eight people, eight of us that lived in a little seven, 800 square foot house. Um, we stayed with my grandmother. And so when I graduated, I did well in high school. I decided I had already had my life planned out. And I really didn't consult God at all. And that is a very, very dangerous thing to do. Um, my plan was I was going to go to college, I was going to work hard, I was going to get a good job, I was going to marry a beautiful woman, and I was going to have lots of kids, and we were going to have lots of money, drive a nice car, and my life was already planned out. And none of those things are bad in and of themselves. They're not. Um, But here's where the mistake came. I did not consult God. The, The person who created me for a purpose, and he knew exactly what he created me for, he had a plan for my life, but I had a plan for my life as well. And so I went off to Michigan State, and um, as soon as I got on campus, um, I met my roommate, and I thought this was going to be great. This was going to be amazing. Um, and when I was there, he invited me the first weekend to go to a party. And we went out, and uh, we went to a fraternity house, and um, we took the bus, and as soon as I got off the bus, um, it just wasn't right to me. As we approached the fraternity house, I began to see people everywhere. They were doing crazy stuff. They were drinking, and they were, they were dancing, all provocative, and they were doing stuff that, that I was not comfortable with, and I knew that God did not want me to be here. But I went inside the house, and uh, as soon as I got in there, it got worse. It went from bad to worse. And um, I, I heard God speak to me, and he said, this is not a, what, what I want for your life. And so I turned around and I went back to my dorm room, and this would be something that I would struggle with for over two years. And while I was there, um, even though that was the first and last weekend that I stayed at Michigan State, because I was struggling. So on the weekends, from that point on, I would travel back from Michigan State to Pontiac to be a part of the ministry. And I would work my route and visit the kids that, that, were just like me, but I wasn't all the way in. I was still holding on to my dreams, and I wanted to be an architect because they made lots of money, and I wanted to um, just be successful at life. And even though I was holding on, I felt God pulling me in this other direction. And I'm so glad that he did, because after struggling with this thing for two years, I finally decided that um, I was going to give up my plans and my dreams and my aspirations for all the things that God had for me because he made me a few promises, and they were things that I needed to hear, things to reassure me that if I did this, if I gave up my life for the plans and purpose that he had for me, that that he would take care of me and everything would be all right, and that's what I'm here to tell you today, young people, is that I know that you may have dreams that are very big. You may want to um, make lots of money, and you may want to um, just be successful at life. But true happiness and joy only comes from living and doing what God has called you to do. And I found that out. I found that out after struggling with that for many years. And so I'm going to share with you some of the promises. While I was struggling with God, wrestling with him, some of the promises that he shared with me, and you may find some solace in these promises as well. Um, the first thing that God promised me, um, and there were five of them, the first thing that God promised me was, was this. He promised me that he would always be with me. And that was important for me, because when I was away at State, even though um, I loved God, even though I served him, I felt alone. I felt like I was the only one there um, like me. That may not be true. I'm pretty sure there were other Christians there. But because I was outside the will of God, I believe I felt alone. And nobody really um, could relate to me and what I was going through. Everybody else that I saw was doing their own thing. They were out partying and, and hanging out and doing things that I knew God didn't want me to do. So I felt alone. but. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, it it says this. You could put that up on the screen. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God promised me that no matter what I was going through, no matter where I was, if I were to just follow his plan for my life, that he would always be with me. Whenever I felt alone, I could go to him and he would be right there. And that was something that I needed. That was something that God promised me. And it was something that helped me in my decision making, in the, in the decision to give up my dreams and aspirations to follow him. Um, number two, the second promise that God made to me was this. God promised me that He would always provide for me. You see, that was big. That was big for me because we didn't have much. And I knew that God um, provided this passage for me at the right time. And it was Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. You see, I wanted God to, to verbally tell me these things or write it on the wall, but After he didn't do that, I began to open up my Bible and I began to find some of these scriptures like Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. It says, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. I didn't need to worry about how I was going to make money or how I was going to make a living. Or um, how I was going to provide for my family and my grandmother. That was a huge thing for me because um, my grandmother was my mother. And I had all these dreams. I was going to take care of grandma. I was going to make lots of money and take care of grandma. But God, who is the owner of everything, said that I've got this. I'm going to do that. You don't need to worry about that. All you need to do is do what I have made and created you to do. And so That was something that was huge for me. God promised me that he would provide for me. Number three, God promised me that he could and he would use me. I struggled. I struggled with the thought of not being good enough. I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't, um, I wasn't, I couldn't speak well. I, uh, I struggled at times with who I was, my worth as a person. But then I begin to, as I begin to go through the Bible, I began to be reminded as I, as I read the stories of so many different people, all the different people that God actually used in the Bible, like Moses. Moses, he could, he could barely speak. He stuttered. But God used Moses to deliver an entire nation out of slavery. There were people like, like Abraham and Sarah. They were old and they were up in years. But God still used them despite that. People like David, who was an adulterer and a murderer. And get this, God knows the end from the beginning. So he knew that David would become those things, but he still decided to use them anyway. God used people like Matthew, who was a tax collector. One of the most corrupt occupations during that time but God called Matthew and he began to transform his life and he would be responsible for bringing Christianity to the modern world as we know it. He was a student of Jesus. God used Rahab who was a prostitute. God decided that he was gonna use Rahab in a great, great way. When the spies went in, Rahab was used by God to bring about a great victory for God's people. God also used Saul, who was a persecutor of Christians, and he he hated Christians, and he actually killed Christians, but God transformed him and changed his life and his plan and his purpose. And I look at some of those people, and I begin to realize something, that it wasn't about who God used, because God created us, and he made us for a very special purpose. We're all flawed. We all have things that we deal with. It's not about who he used, it's about who God is. And I believe that um, in order for us to truly live the life that God wants us to live, we've got to come to that realization that it's not about me, it's not about us, it's about God. And he's got a plan and a purpose for each and every one of our lives. And to say I can't, or I'm not good enough, or I'm just, I can't do it, that is a slap in the face of God. Because God, he knows what he's doing, and he knows. If God calls you to do something, he knows, and he equips you, and he makes you ready so that you can do those things. And so, young people, I believe today that we need to get that out of our vocabulary. I can't, because God wants us to say, I can, and I will. But we've got to be obedient to God. We've got to surrender to God And seek his face and ask him what it is he has in store for our lives. That's so, so very important. God can and he will use you. That's number three. Number four, God promised me that he would protect me. Coming up in the city of Pontiac, a very, very dangerous city, um, they were in, they were, there were shootings and killings in the newspaper all the time, people who um, were victims of violence and drugs and alcohol, and it was a very, very dangerous place. And that was my motivation, or part of my motivation, in going away to school. I was going to get away from it. Not only was I going to make it up, but I was going to make it out, and I was going to bring my, my family along, and we were going to have a great life. But, um, now I realize that that was a very, very dangerous place because I could have been out in the suburbs, but I, was, I also realized I would have been out of the will of God. And that is the most dangerous place. It's not in Pontiac on the, on the streets. It's not in Highland Park or Detroit. It's outside the will of God of God, because when you're inside the will of God, He begins to protect you no matter what. You can be in the middle of a war zone, and there's bullets flying everywhere, but if you are in the will of God, you are in the safest place on this earth, and I guarantee you that. God made me that promise when I was away at State, and He reassured me that He would protect me. He also made this thing real to me when last year we were contemplating coming into the city of Detroit. Um, From the outside looking in, Detroit is a bad, bad place. And I'm pretty sure Highland Park has that same stigma. Um, Pontiac, to me, was like it was home. So it's an outsider perspective. But other people around Pontiac, when they look at Pontiac, it's like, that's a bad place. You drive around Pontiac if you've got somewhere to go. Um, It's kind of hard to do that with Detroit because it's so big. But in coming into Detroit, God reassured me that he would protect me. And as I began to read the paper, the enemy began to try to bring fear into my life, into my heart, and he began to try to make me afraid. But God reassured me that he would protect me no matter what. Psalms chapter 121, we've got it up on the screen. It says, it says this: there's seven verses or eight verses. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven That was timely for me, very timely. And it gave me um, the courage and the, um, the assurance that the God was right there with me. And that if God was for me, who could, who could be against me? And that was something that, that I needed. Um, the last promise that, that God showed me was found in Isaiah chapter 55, verse nine. One of my favorite verses in all of scripture. Um, It says, says this, for just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And God reassured me and he promised me that he knows what he's doing and that his thoughts and his ways are higher than my ways and that I don't have to know the, the what, the who, the how, the when. All I have to do is surrender my life to him and Um, realize that I'm not in the driver's seat of my life. And even though I planned and I prepared and I had my life planned out um, before, he showed me that he's got a plan. And his plan is perfect. And I'm not perfect, but his plan for my life was perfect. And the only way that I could truly be happy and um, truly have a fulfilled life was to follow his plan for my life. And so after struggling with this thing for a number of years, God just revealed these five promises to me, and um, I think that in today's society, you can look at our world and you can see the direction that everything is going and um, everything that's happening. And maybe in your home, maybe at school, um, your story is similar to mine. You. Um, You may not have everything that you want. You you may be struggling, young person. Um, But God has a plan for your life, and he has great things in store for you. I want to encourage you to uh, do what I say and not what I did or struggle with for quite some time, and that was to surrender to God and set your plans aside um, and take up the calling that God has for your life. That's so very, very important. And I believe if you do that, your life will be blessed. God will honor you. And, uh, and people don't realize, this world doesn't realize that this world is literally um, just a speck in the, the timeline of eternity. And when we die, if we, if we serve God with all of our hearts, um, when we die and go pass away into eternity, then it's going to continue on forever and ever and ever. So that's what I want to encourage you guys with today. I, um, I know that, that God is going to use you and that the world is going to hear from you because you've got a great church, a great pastor who loves you and who will continue to pour into your lives. But that can't be enough. You have to know God for yourself. You have to know God's word for yourself. Because even though I came up in church I was here under Pastor Tim Delina for so many years, and I was, Pastor Gunn was a mentor to me, and, and Dan poured into my life. Even though I've heard it my entire life and I've been taught, there came a time when I couldn't just go off a of he said, she said. I had to know God for myself. I had to um, have God speak to me directly. And I know some of you kids are here at church, and you're here with your parents, but your parents... Um, even though they love you and they pour into your life there has to be a time when you say you know what this thing is for real and it's not my relationship with God isn't dependent upon my parents I need to hear from God myself and so um, that's really what what God placed on my heart for today thank you for for having me here and the opportunity to thank you Community at Revival Tabernacle aims to reach our city and beyond with the life changing message of Jesus. Thank you for your support. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at www.revivaltab.org.